Perik today, Tafkuf Memalaf Omid Beis, we begin in the Mishnah. Zak the Mishnah, Noitel Adam as Benoi, a person is allowed to move, pick up his son, Baha Evan Biyadai. And he has, his son has a rack which is in his hands, which is obviously Mukta, but you're picking up your son, and together with him, he's holding the rack that's allowed. The Kalkala, you're allowed to pick up a basket, Baha Evan Betoicha, even though it has a rack inside, which will be explained in the Gemara. You're allowed to move together with moving So again, over here we're talking about a basket of fruits, for example, and some of the fruits are and if it's what's the halach of We learned about this a while ago in the Gemara and Shabbos. You have to burn it. It's not fit for eating, so it's muktza. But together with you're allowed to move it. You're allowed to move it on Shabbos. All of this is going to be explained in the Gemara. Or if in the basket you have Fruits of chulin together with trumetahayra, or trumetameya, that is. So the chulin is obviously not mukta, you can eat it. Even if it's together with trumetameya, which is, uh, has to be burnt, you're allowed to move it. Rabbi Yehuda says, now this is a separate halacha. Af So this refers to the halacha of truma becoming bottle in chulin. What happens if truma gets mixed into chulin? So usually the halacha is that because it's a mixture, you don't know what's the truma, what's the chulin. So all of it becomes asa to eat by anybody other than the kayan. But what happens if it gets mixed inside into a hundred chulin against one truma? So then it becomes bottle and you could eat it. But even though you could eat it, you have to take out one part and give that to a kayan. So the kayan shouldn't lose his chalik, Right? You can eat it all, but you have to take out one part truma. And then you can eat it. So usually the halacha is on Shabbos, you're not allowed to take truma. You're not allowed to do such a kind of thing. Why not? This is similar to being mesakin. You're repairing something. And you're gonna, you could come from this of chazal to not, not to do this, not to come to be mesakin akeli. Same thing over here, you're being mesakin. However, Rabbi Yehuda holds that this is allowed, although by taking out, by being mailah, by taking out that one chalik for the truma, you're being mesakin and to make it fit for eating, nevertheless, it's allowed to be done on Shabbos, which will be explained in the Gemara as well. Okay, the Gemara starts with another halacha, then it comes back to the first case of the Mishnah. Omar Rave, Rave said, If you're carrying out a child, a baby, it's alive. And there's a pouch that's hanging on his neck. Chayif. for carrying this child on Shabbos, carrying him out to the Shusar And what does it say? What are you chayif for? Chayif mishum kis. You're for carrying the pouch. You're not chayif for carrying the child, but you're for carrying the pouch. Tinik meis. If it's Rahman al-Atzlan, a, a dead child, and he has a pouch that's hanging on his neck, potter. so then you potter for carrying the, the child and carrying the pouch as well. And the Gemara will explain this right now. You're carrying a, a child and it has a, a, a pouch on its neck. So the so Rabbi said, you're only for carrying the pouch. You're not for carrying the child himself. You should be chayef for carrying the child as well. What difference does it make if he has a pouch, not have a pouch? Let's say he doesn't have a pouch, and you just carry the child himself. You should be chayef for that as well. And for the Gemara, Rave Rav Rava holds like the opinion of Rav Nassan, the Omar chay noises atzmai. Rav Nassan says that a living person, the child, carries himself, and therefore you're not chayef for carrying the child, you're only chayef for carrying the pouch. So although you're not carrying the pouch directly, it comes out over here, the Chiddush of Rava is, you're not carrying the pouch directly. You're carrying mm-hmm. the child that's wearing the pouch. 
Nevertheless, Yechaya for the pouch, not for the child, but Yechaya for the pouch. That's Rav's Chiddush. No, it's just an, uh, an example of a usual case. What is Negei here to the fact that it's a Tinnik is the fact that the Gemara says that Rav holds like Rav Nassim. If you remember what we learned in the Gemara before, in the Gemara about Chaim Noises Atzmai, the Gemara there said, everybody agrees Chaim Noises Atzmai. The only time there's a machlekes about chayim noises atzmai is when you talk about animals. Animals have a nature that they try to slip away. And over there, the Rabbanon don't hold of chayim noises atzmai. Only Rabbanon holds of chayim noises atzmai. So Tosis points out that from our Gemara you see that a child is similar in this sense to an animal. Because a child, when you hold him, also tries to slip away. A baby you hold him many times also tries to slip away. And therefore the Rabbanon don't hold of chayim noises atzmai regarding a, a, a baby. Only binigayat to an adult. So that's what the Gemara said, that Rav holds like Rav Nassim. Rav Nassim is the one that holds Chaim Noises Atzma, even regarding a baby. The next case we had was, I'm sorry, um, the Gemara continues, we're going to get to the same case, we're going to go to the next case in a moment. Let the pouch be bottled to the child. Even though we're saying that regarding the child, it's chay noises atzmai, but not regarding the pouch. But what's the pouch? The pouch is an accessory to the child. He's wearing this pouch as an accessory. So why isn't the pouch bottled to the child? Didn't we learn in a Mishnah, you take out a living person in a bed, you put it for carrying the bed as well. Why? Because the bed is not a separate thing. The bed is there just to carry the living person. You're not interested in carrying the bed. The bed is secondary to the person. So you put it on carrying the person. So why don't we say the same thing over here regarding carrying a child with a pouch on the Kufmam Aleph on the base. You're carrying a child with a pouch and if you put it on the child, you should be put it on carrying the pouch as well. Because the mitta is secondary. And for the Gemara, Yes, a bed to a person that you're carrying is, is a secondary thing. You're only carrying the bed in order to be able to carry the person. But The pouch is not secondary to the child to the same extent. In order to carry the person, you need a bed to be able to carry him. The person, let's say, is not well and he has to be in the bed. So the bed is needed for the person. The pouch is not needed to be able to carry the child. It doesn't enable you to carry the child. So true, it was an accessory for the child, but nevertheless, because the pouch is not needed for the child, it's a separate thing. And even though you're part of carrying the child, you're for carrying the pouch. The next case we had was a tinnic mace. If the baby is not, is not alive and you're carrying him, the kiss tolilei b'tzavodai, and there's a pouch that's hanging on his neck, potter, you potter for both, for the baby and for the kiss that's, that, he's, that he's carrying. Why aren't you chay for carrying the baby if there's no chay noises atzmai? The baby's not alive. And for the Gemara, Rave Rav Shimon Rave follows the opinion of Rav Shimon. We had this also before regarding this case. The Omar, Rav Shimon said, Anytime you do a malacha that you don't need the malacha itself, you potter. It was in that very mission itself there, Rav Shimon said that if you carry a mace out of a house, that's called malacha shein tzrichel legufa. Rashi there says the reason it's ain't srichalugufa is because you would have rather that there would have never been a mace here. You're only doing it as a response to something, to a tragedy that happened and you took it out. So you're not being mesakin. It's something you didn't want. That's Rashi's pshat malacha shein srichalugufa. Taisus' pshat malacha shein srichalugufa is in the Mishkan when they did a malacha of carrying out, what was the purpose of the malacha? They wanted to bring the item to the new location that you're bringing it to. Over here, the person is not interested in bringing the mace to the new location. He wants to remove him. He wants to get him out of the house. So it's not the same purpose of what the malacha was done for in the Mishkan, and therefore it's a malacha shein srichel and yipater. 
Rashi and Tosis both explain. The Gemara only explains why you put it for the, for the child itself. Because it's Malach Hashem Tzrich Lugufa. How about the pouch that the child is wearing? We just said before that the pouch is not secondary and you should be high for the pouch itself. So Rashi and Tosis both say that the person is not going to use the pouch anymore at this, at this point. The pouch is going, he's going to bury the pouch together with the child and he has no need and no purpose for the pouch itself. And therefore the pouch is also Malach Hashem Tzrich Lugufa and is going to be potter on it. Okay, this is the halacha that Rav said. So as I pointed out before, in the first case, the chiddush of what Rav said is, when the person carries the live child together with a pouch, he's chayef for the pouch. Is he holding the pouch himself? No, he's holding the child. But because the child is holding a pouch, you're going to be chayef for the pouch. So now the Gemara brings a question on this point from our Mishnah. Zakta Gemara Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, you're allowed to carry your child, and he's holding a rock in his hand. Now that rock is muktzah, but you're allowed to carry your child even though the child is holding a rock in his hands. What would be the reason? Because you're not holding the rock directly, you're holding the child. The fact that the child is holding the rock in his hands, I'm not holding the rock, the child is holding the rock. So therefore there's no issue of muktzah. So the Gemara's question is, so why don't we say the same thing in what Rava was speaking about? I'm holding the baby or the child and he has a pouch on his, on his neck. I'm not holding the pouch, why should I be high for the pouch? But now, so, so we see from our Mishnah that you should be potter. So how could Rav say that in such a case you're for taking out the pouch if you're not holding the pouch yourself directly? And for the Gemara, you know what our Mishnah is talking about? A different case. Omri de Rabbi So it said, they said in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Yanai, In the Mishnah it's speaking about a case where there's a baby that's yearning for the father to pick him up and the, the baby has a lot of pain, a lot of tsar. He wants the, 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 the father to pick him up. And if you're not going to pick him up, so therefore there's going to be tsar. So Chachamim allowed, they suspended the Isra of Muktzah and they allowed you to pick up the child. Which means really in a regular case, if there's a child that is holding a rock and the father wants to pick him up, you're not allowed. Because the rock is Muktzah. The only reason over here it's allowed is because the baby has a tsar. That's why the Chachamim allowed it. Since Bepoil, you're not mamish touching the rock directly. You're holding the child which is holding the rock. So in this case, Chachamim suspended the Isra of Muktzah because of the Tsar of the child. That's the reason why it's Mutter. And Taisus adds another detail. Are you going to say, let the child drop the rock? If he wants you to pick him up so much, let him drop the rock. Well, that's not an option. He need, if, he, if he's going to drop the rock, he's, he's actually going to scream even more. That's his little toy that he's playing with. So he needs to hold the rock in his hands and he wants his tati to pick him up. So because of the tsar of the child, the gaguim, and there's a, there's a chayli, so to speak, he's, he's like, he's sick, he wants the father to pick him up, therefore it's, it's allowed. But otherwise, it would be an, a problem with muktzah. So therefore, there's no sh- question on what Rav said. If that's the case, if when you're holding the child and he's holding the pouch, it's really not allowed, unless it's a case of this gagun, but otherwise it's not allowed. It's part of mukta. So my Yevin, why are we speaking the mission dafka in a case where the child holds a rock? I feel a dinner nami. Would the, the same halacha should apply also if the child is holding money, which is also mukta. Now, who, maybe that's taka true. Maybe when the mission said a rock, it's only an example. <coughs> so the Gemara says, no, it's not an example. Rav himself says that the rock is dafka. Why did Rav himself say, When the Mishnah says that the baby is holding a pouch, or has a pouch on it, or sorry, not a pouch, a even a rat, it's only a rock. If the child would be holding money, then it wouldn't be allowed to hold a child. What's the difference? If we just said that the Mishnah is talking about a case of gaguin, and so what's the difference if there's an even or, or, or a dinner? And for the Gemara, no, the difference is as follows. There's another gzayda here. 
Even if the child is holding a rock, enough law, if when you're holding the chi- that child, the rock falls out of his hands, the father will not come to pick up this rock. But dinner, if the child is holding a dinner, so then what's going to happen? Enough if the money falls out of the child's hands, so then the father might pick it up and might carry it. And there, Chachamim will geyser, that because you might come to pick up this money, so you shouldn't uh, uh, carry a child that's holding money in his hands. Rashi actually explains Pshat in the Gemara that according to this, if the whole gzeda here is that you might pick up the money, so it's not only when you're holding the child in your hands, even though the Mishnah was talking about neitel adam, to pick up the child. But this is even if you're just walking with the child and you're holding the child's hands and he's walking himself, but he has money in his hands, you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos because he might pick, the money might drop to the, fall, drop to the floor and you might pick up that money. And Al Rebbe brings this also in Shulchan Aruch, the Paschal, like this Rashi. There's other Rishayim that disagree, the Ramban disagrees, the Ramban says it's only not allowed if you're holding the child, not if the child is walking and you're holding his hands, but Rashi says it makes no difference. And the, the Al Rebbe Paschal is like this Rashi. Okay, now the Gemara comes back to what Rav said and brings a raya to Rav's statement. Tanya Kivasei the Rav, we learned like what Rav said, again, what was the point of Rav? That even though you're not holding something directly, you're holding the child, and the child has a pouch around his neck, nevertheless you're going to be higher for the pouch, even though you're just holding the child. So we learned in the Braise that, uh, that uh, it says the same point. Hamaitzi Kelov Mekupalim, a person takes out clothing that are folded. And they're, they're folded and are on his shoulders. So he's not wearing it, he's just carrying it on his shoulders. Or a sandal of, or sandals, or money, that he's holding in his hands. Even though, sorry, is not money, of course is rings. So even though these are all items that if you wear them properly, if you're wearing your clothing, you're wearing your shoes, you're wearing your rings, you're not going to be higher for this, but because he's just, it's just folded on his shoulders or just in his hands, holding it in his hands, you're going to be higher for that. If you dress, then you potter. How about if one person is carrying another person? Right, so you're not high for carrying the other person. And this person you're carrying is wearing clothing, he's wearing shoes, he's wearing his rings. You're going to be potter. You're potter for carrying the person because you potter for any of the clothing that he's wearing. Why? Because he's wearing the clothing. That's not a separate thing he's carrying. But the ilu haitzion kamois shehein. However, if you're carrying a person, and that person is carrying a garment on his shoulders, or holding his rings or shoes in his hands, he's not wearing his shoes. Then chayiv, the person carrying him is chayiv. So this is exactly the same point as Rava said. I'm not carrying these shoes, chayra. I'm carrying a person which is holding the shoes in his hands. I'm not holding the shoes in my, in my hands. Nevertheless, what does it say in this b'raise? That you're going to be chayev. Because the person that you're carrying is holding those shoes in his hands and he's not wearing those shoes, you chayev. It's the same thing that Rav said, you carry a child and the child is wearing a pouch around his neck, you chayev for carrying that pouch. Why is this thing called kalachayad? means that it's shaloi kedarka. When you carry kalachayad, it's not a normal way of carrying. And a chanami, you're not carrying directly, but nevertheless, it's the normal way of carrying. The next case in the Mishnah was Kalkola Evan Betoicha. You have a basket, and inside the basket there's a rock, so you're allowed to carry the basket. You're allowed to move the basket. This is again about Mukta. So the question over here is why? Why are you allowed to move the basket? This basket should become a base to a Dovara Asa. Right? We know we had this a, a few times. Whenever you have a Mukta item on top of something, 
that serves as a base to this mukta item. So now this base itself becomes mukta because it's serving as a base to the mukta item. The, the base itself is asr. So over here as well, this basket that has a rack inside should become a base to a davra asr. We're not stop talking about a basket that all it has inside is a rack. We're talking about a basket that's full of fruits. And together with the fruits, it also has some racks inside as well. So a basket that has full of fruits. So now it's a base, it's a buses for the fruits, which is a davara motor, and for some racks that are inside as well. So what's more chashiv, the fruits or the racks? The fruits. So because it's a base for the fruits, so therefore it's mutter to carry it. Not necessarily. Let him throw out all the pedis, and then let him throw out the rocks of the basket as well, and then and let him collect the fruits without the rocks and put them back into the basket. In other words, what the Gemara is saying is, this whole heter to carry something that's a base for the paytas and a base for the rack is only in a case where, you, where it's, it's impossible to, the, to separate them. And the only, only way you can carry the fruits is together with the racks inside. So then we say, because the paytas are more choshev, so it's a base for the paytas, you're allowed to carry it, even though the racks are inside. But if you have the option to spill out the basket and then just put back in the paytas without the racks, you're not allowed to carry it together with the racks. So why does he do that here? And for the Gemara, it's not an option here. Like a similar thing that Rabbi Loi said, that we'll learn soon later. We're talking about paytas that if you spill them out, these are softer paytas, let's say cooked vegetables, and you, you, you spill it out on the ground, it's going to get dirty. Here as well, we're talking about paytas that if you spill it out on the ground, it's going to get dirty, and therefore he's not going to be able to use the paytas. So it's not an option to spill it all out on the floor and then collect the paytas and put it back into the basket. But there's another option. Let him shake the basket and, and you know, move it around in such a way that the paytas should end up on one side and the racks should end up on another side. And then you'll be able to shake out just the racks and the paytas will stay inside. In other words, you, you have to make an effort to get rid of those racks. Why does it stop saying the Mishnah? You can carry the, the basket together with the racks, no problem. You should try to get rid of the racks. And for the Gemara, so the Gemara gives now a different answer. You know what we're talking about here? We're talking about a basket that's in bad shape. It's not in good condition. This rack that's inside the basket serves as part of the walls of the basket. It's supporting the wall of the basket. And once it becomes part of the basket, so now it's not, it's not mukta anymore. It became part of the walls of the basket. That's the reason why it would be mukta. In a regular case where you stam, stam have racks in a basket together with fruits, you would take a bichayv either to empty it all out, if possible. If not, you'd be bichayv to shake the, the racks out. But over here, what our mission is talking about is the racks became part of the walls of the basket. And therefore, it's allowed to carry the basket together with these racks. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be allowed. No, but it's only allowed, what you see from our Gemara, and this is the way it's brought in Shulchan Aruch as well, I saw it yesterday in the Altarebbe Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Shin Tes, in Simen Shin Yud, the only time it's allowed to carry a basis, L'dovara Oser, L'dovara Mutter, is if you don't have an option of getting rid of the Dovara Oser. So for example, Shabbos table, and you have the Leichter on it. And when Shabbos came in, there was also Chale and other things that were on the table. So now your table is a base, it's a basis for the Leichter, which is a Dovara Oser, and also for a Dovara Mutter. 
So you, ha- you, you, can't, you can't shake off the leichter. What are you going to do? You're going to shake off the leichter? You can't shake off the leichter. Yeah, and smash it and break it. Right. So you can't shake it off. So then you're allowed to move the table. But if you have an option, what we see from Argamot is, if you have an option to shake off the Dover al-Asr and then to move it, so then you have to. You have to. The next thing it said in the Mishnah was, you have a basket, and inside the basket you have Trumet Tahira, together with Trumet Tumeya, you're allowed to move the basket. All the case over here is that the Trumet Tahira is below. The fruits of the Trumet that are Tahira is in the bottom of the basket, and the Trumet Tumeya is on the top. So you can't, you can't just shake out the Trumet Tahira. You can't just get rid of, rid of the Trumet Tahira. Just take from the top the Trumet Tahira. The Trumet Tahira is on the bottom. It's being blocked by the Trumet Tahira. So then you can carry it all together. If the fruits of the Trumet that are Tahira are on the top, they're on the top of the basket. And the Trumet which is Tommy is on the bottom. So So you should take from the top the Trumet that's Tahira. Leave the, ba- the, the, the fruits in the bottom of the basket that are tome, leave them inside. You're not allowed to take them together. Again, this is based on the point that we said before. You only are allowed to be metalkal both together when it becomes a basis for what's tar and tome if, if you have to, if you have no choice. But if the trumet tahira is on the top, so then why not just take the trumet tahira and leave the trumet tome on the bottom? Frek the Gemara, the same question we asked before. But if it's all in a basket, even if the tahira is in the bottom and you can't access it, why don't you just pour everything out of the basket and you have everything out and now collect only what's mutter, only the truma tahira and put it back into the basket. Why do you have to take it all together? We're talking about peris, that if you pour it out on the floor, it's going to get dirty, so therefore this is not an option to pour it out on the floor. Meisvei, the Gemara asks a question from a it clearly says, not like the statement of Rav Chista. Metaltalin, the Braiset there says, you have a basket, so metaltalin through metmeya ima tahira. You're allowed to move the basket, which has through metmeya together with tahira, ima chulin, and or if it has chulin with it, bein she tahira lamayla, whether what's tahir is on the top of the basket, or tmeya lamata, and what's tommy is at the bottom of the basket, bein she tmeya lamayla, tahira lamata, whether what's tommy is on top of the basket, and what's tahir is at the bottom of the basket. So you clearly see it makes no difference if you could access the tahir fruits on the top, or it's on the bottom, you can't access, it makes no difference. Either way, you're allowed to carry this basket that has trumet tahir and trumet tmeya with it. Tiyufte that this refutes what Ravchista said, that it does make a difference. Answers is a difference. In the Mishnah, he wants the Trumet Tahira itself. That's the only reason he's moving the basket, is because he's interested in eating the Trumet Tahira. So over there we say, listen, if you only need the Trumet Tahira, if you can access the Trumet Tahira without moving the Trumet Tahira, take the Trumet Tahira. Why should you be allowed to move the Trumet Tahira? But I say, the Braise that says that it makes no difference, it's in a different case. They were talking about a basket of fruits that's in a certain place and you need that space. So you're removing the basket to vacate that space. In such a case, you're allowed to take the entire basket. By just taking the Trumet Tahira, you haven't accomplished anything. You need to vacate that space. So there you're allowed to move the whole thing, the Trumet Tahira, together with the Trumet Tumeya. Like we learned already many times, even something which is an Isser, you're allowed to move it for the purpose of Tzayrich Mekaymai. So over here as well, you're allowed to move the whole thing. Oh, so if you're saying such a kind of answer, 
my Who tells Rav Chiste that in our Mishnah, when it says that you could move the basket of the Truma to Meya together with the Truma to Haida, that it's speaking about a case that he only wants the Truma. Maybe in our Mishnah it's also speaking about a case that's similar to the Braise, that he needs the space, and he's allowed to move it all together regardless. What's on top and what's on the bottom makes no difference. Maybe that's what our Mishnah is speaking about. And for the Gemara, Amarave, Masnisen Kavasei Daika. <clears throat> the Mishnah, there's a diak in the Mishnah that it's mashma like Rav Chiste, that in our Mishnah he only needs the fruits. He wants the Trumit Tahira. He's not trying to vacate the space. Why is that? The Ketani Sefer, in the next case of the Mishnah, which we'll learn in a moment, on Ahmed Beis, it says, Mois Sha'alakar. What happens in a case if you have money that was left on a pillow? So what do you do? Menayir Sakar, you shake off the pillow, behind Neuflis. And it falls off. You're not allowed to directly touch the money, but you can shake off the pillow and the money falls off. And then that's the Mishnah. So he said, the name of Yechen is said on that Mishnah. So when do you have to shake off the money and you don't touch the money? That's if you need, you want to use the money, it's, you want to use the Tzayrach uh, Gufay. You want to use the pillow itself, yeah. Exactly. So then you can shake off the money. But if you need to empty that entire space and you have to move the pillow as well, so then then you can pick up the whole pillow. You move the pillow from that place with the money on top of the pillow. You're allowed to remove the entire pillow. But that's not the case of what the Mishnah was talking about. What's the Mishnah itself talking about? He needs the space of the pillow and he shakes off the money. So therefore the Gemara says, since the next case of the Mishnah, which is the Seifa, is talking about a case where he needs the pillow itself. In the Reisha, when it talks about the person moving the Trumet to Haira with the Trumet to Meya, it's not talking about a case where he needs the space. It's talking about a case where he needs the actual Trumet to Haira. And therefore, Avchista made that distinction. If the Trumet to Haira itself is accessible, take only the Trumet to Haira. If it's not accessible, then you could move everything together. Okay, now the Gemara comes to the halacha of Rav Yehuda. This is an unrelated halacha, it's not connected to Muktza at all. Rav Yehuda was machadish that when you had truma that got mixed into chulin and it became bottle. Why did it become bottle? Because it was a hundred times as much chulin that was against this truma. So you have to take out one time, one part of truma in order to be able to eat it. You're allowed to do this on Shabbos. There's no issue of repairing it on Shabbos. What's the, what's the reason? Why is this not repairing on Shabbos? The Gemara will explain it. Rabbi Yudai Meraf Maylam Vachulu Zakta Gemara Vamai. Why is he allowed to take out one part in order to repair it, to be able to be eaten, to be able to eat on on Shabbos? Hakamisakin. But he's repairing this. He's preparing it to be to be able to eat it. And for the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yezer Svirale. Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Yezer. The Omar, Rabbi Yezer's opinion is Truma Beino Mechsa. The truma, even after it gets mixed into all of this chulin, the truma is considered to be separate. That truma is, is there, a separate mitzvah, and therefore when you separate it, it's not the pshat that you're taking something that was mixed, and now you're taking out the truma. The truma is always there as a separate thing. What kind of a mixture are we talking about over here? We're not talking about a mixture where you have some liquid that was poured into other liquid. Then it gets mixed as one thing. Or for example, if you have flour that was mixed into other flour, it becomes one thing. We're talking about, let's say, one fruit of truma that was mixed into other fruits. That truma is always considered to be separate. 
So even before you remove it, because it's always considered to be separate, this is not considered to be mesakin. That truma really was always separate, and therefore you're allowed to do this on Shabbos. Where do we see that this is what Rabbi Yezah holds? So the Gemara here brings an interesting Mishnah. The Tnan, we learned in a Mishnah, saw truma shenoflo lopachis mimeya. If you have a saw, one saw, one measurement of truma that falls into chulin, but it's less than a hundred. So it does not become bottled there. Venidmu, it becomes mixed in. And now it's all asa. The whole thing is asa because it all got mixed in. But now what happened? Now one part of this saw, so you have, let's say, one fruit that fell into 50 fruits. It's not bottle. Now one of those 50 fruits fell into another 50 fruits. To another place. What's going to be the aloha? Rabbi Yeza says, Midamas ketrumas vadai. What we say is, even though, if you're going to look at the ratio of what happened over here, the first time it fell in, it fell into 50 fruits. Now, if you take one of those 50, and it falls again into another pile of 50 fruits, right. so, what, so, 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 so what happened now? What you just took out, it's, there's only a, a very small chance, one of 50, that this is the truma. So when it falls into the second one of 50, so now it should be able to be bottled already. Because if you combine both together, it fell into the first time into 50. Now it fell into the second time again 50, so it should be able to be bottled. Says Rabbi no. This f- fruit that you just took out, we consider it to be as if this was separately truma. Like I took out truma when it fell in a second time into another group of 50. It's not going to become bottled. It's just like the first time. Just like the first time truma fell in. When you take out something from there and it fell into another place, it's like it's originally truma that fell in. That's Rabbi Yezah's shitta. Okay, so how does the Gemara interpret Rabbi Yezah's shitta? Because Rabbi Yezah holds, even after the truma fell into this place, that truma is always considered to be like separate. So whatever I take out, I'm machmer and I say that what you just took out from this mixture is this truma. And when it falls into another mixture, it's like full pure truma that fell into the second mixture, and therefore it's not going to be bottled. The Chachamim say, no, that's not the way you view it. Something that was already mixed in one time, and now it got mixed in a second time into another pile, so it's not medame. You have to look at the cheshman over here. If it got mixed in the first time amongst 50, so now when whatever comes out of there, it's only the ratio of a 50th that this is truma. And if it falls in a second time, it's going to become bottle. If, if you put the cheshman together, it could become bottle. Okay, so this is the source where you see Rabbi Yezus Shitte that even after something falls into a mixture, it's considered to be separate, like it's truma. So the same thing the Gemara wants to apply over here, Benigeya to repairing it on Shabbos, that the reason why you're allowed to remove the truma is because the truma was never really mixed in. The truma is always considered to be separate. Frek the Gemara, you can't compare to the case of Rabbi Yezus. This is a special chumre that Rabbi Yezah said regarding the mixture of truma and chulen. Right? Even though logically in the ratio of the mixture it doesn't really make sense. Once it got mixed in, so it's already not the same truma that it was before. But nevertheless, this was a special chumre that Rabbi Yezah says regarding the mixture of truma. L'kula mishamatle. So how do you know that we should use this concept also l'kula b'negei to repairing on Shabbos to say that this trum is considered to be like separate and you're allowed to repair it and you're allowed to fix it on Shabbos. So therefore we can't use this opinion of Rabbi Yezah, which is a special chumrah regarding the mixture of trume for our case and repairing on Shabbos. So the Gemara brings another Tana. Ella rather who the Omak Rab Shimon. 
Rabbi Yehuda that considers the Truma to be separate and therefore you're allowed to repair it on Shabbos because it's not really repairing because the Truma is separate. He follows the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. What did Rabbi Shimon say? We learned in a Mishnah, saw Truma, one, one measurement of Truma, that fell into a hundred against it. So now it becomes bottle, right? You have one against a hundred, so it becomes bottle. But what happened? He did not remove one, one saw of the, of the truma like you're supposed to do. You're supposed to remove one in order to be allowed to eat it. And now a second saw of truma fell in. So what happens now? Until now, it became bottle. But now, when a second one fell in, so when you have two against all the hundred there, so it's not bottle anymore. Now it's, it's, it's two against the hundred, so then it's only... It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like one in 50. Till now it was one in 100, but when you have a second truma that fell in, so it's like one against 50. So then, so now it's all going to become Asr. That's what the Tanakhama says. It's not bottle anymore. But Rab Shimon, Matar. However, Rab Shimon says that it's going to be Mutter. What's the Pshat? Why does Rab Shimon hold that it's all going to be Mutter? So the way the Gemara understands this is, the Gemara says that it's, we consider it to be two separate things. There's one truma that fell in, and that truma is separate, and it's as if that truma has been taken out already. Even before you take it out, it's as if it's been sep- separated and taken out. And now a second truma that fell into this hundred, that's another truma that fell into the hundred. The first truma was there and became bottled and as if separated, and now the second truma fell in, and so it's two separate things. So what do we see from Rab Shimon? Even before you took out the first truma that fell in, it's as if it's been separated already. And that's the basis of Rabbi Yehuda's shita that you're allowed to separate this on Shabbos because it's, it's as if it's been separated already. No, it's not a raya. How do you know that's the pshat? How do you know the pshat over here is that Rabbi Shimon is saying that even after it fell in, it's as if it's been separated already. Dilma over there, maybe the pshat is something else. The machloikis between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Shimon there is as follows. The Tanakhama's opinion is even though what happened over here? It happened one after another. First, one truma fell into a hundred of Cholin. Then another truma fell into a hundred of Cholin. But we consider it to be It's as if you have two pieces of truma that fell in together. And So you only have 50 against one piece of truma and 50 against the other piece of truma. It's not bottle in a hundred, it's as if they both fell in together and therefore they, it never became bottle inside. That's what the Tanakhama holds. But Rab Shimon Shimon's opinion is, Kamaise bottle b'meya, the first piece of truma that falls into this mixture became totally bottle in the hundred that was there. And Vaha, and the second piece of truma that falls in, to bottle b'meya v'chad. That's becoming bottle in 101. The first piece of truma that's there is not considered to be truma anymore. It's totally bottle now. Because it happened afterwards. So the, the first one is already totally bottle. That's why there's no issue over here when the second piece falls in. In other words, the point the Gemara is saying is, the Havamin of the Gemara was, the reason why Rab Shimon says that there's no problem here is, it's because it's as if you already removed that piece of truma that fell in. It's separate as if you already removed it. So what the Gemara is now saying is, no, that's not the basis of what Rab Shimon is saying over here. The Machleik is between the Tanakhama and Rab Shimon is in the Halacha of the Bittel. Not, not as if you removed it. Fakert, in the Halacha of the Bittel, the Tanakhama says, although it already became bottle, but now that a second piece of Truma falls in, we see it as if it fell in together. 
and therefore there is no bittel. Mashenkein Rab Shimon says, no, there's a halacha of bittel. When the first one fell in, it becomes totally bottle. And now the second one falls in, it could also become totally bottle. So therefore this din of Rab Shimon has nothing to do with the Tana of our Mishnah with Rab Yehuda. Ela, the Gemara brings a third source. Elahu, the Omak, Rab Shimon ben Elazar. The Rabbi Yehuda that says that you're allowed to remove the truma on Shabbos, he follows the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Ben-Lazar. The Tanya Rabbi Shimon Ben-Lazar, Rabbi Shimon Ben-Lazar says, when you have to separate truma, you don't even have to separate it physically. How do you separate the truma? You just do it with your machshava, with your thought. You look at one side and you designate with your thought that what's on that side is truma and what's on the other side is chulen. So therefore, what Rabbi Yehuda holds is, since it's not even necessary for the person to do it b'machshave, sorry, it's not necessary for the person to do it by hand, you could do it b'machshave, so therefore, when he's doing it by hand, he's not being misakin, because it's already done b'machshave. B'machshave, this is truma and this is chulen. So since it's already done b'machshave, he's allowed to do it by hand. Does Rabbi Yehuda hold, like this opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, that it, it could be done by machshava. It's, it's, there's a clear b'raise that there was an argument here between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. The Tanya, because we learned in Abraise, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, that you could uh, remove the truma from this mixture, one, in a, uh, one against a hundred, like it said in our Mishnah, you could remove the truma on Shabbos. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. And there's no issue of repairing on Shabbos, you're allowed to do it. Rabbi Shem ben Elaza says, if this happens on Shabbos, you're not allowed to remove it. So what do you do? You, you designate it in your mind. You think that on one side is Truma, and then you can eat from the other side. So you see that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shem ben Elaza are arguing about this. So you can't say that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is based on Rabbi Shem ben Elaza. And for the Gemara, no, it is based on Rabbi Shem ben Elaza. The Rabbi Yehuda adifed Rabbi Shem ben Elaza. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is based on Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, and he actually goes a step further than Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, you're not allowed to physically move it and repair it on Shabbos. If you're physically removing it, you're mesakin. That you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. Be you are allowed to designate one side truma and another side chulam. That's what Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar holds. Rabbi Yehuda takes that a step further. Rabbi Yehuda says, if I could repair it so then that essentially means that even when I do it I'm not being misakin. Because it's already done I could do it If I could do it so then when I'm doing the maisa, what am I being misakin if it's done already So therefore Rabbi Yehuda says, you're even allowed to remove it physically because there's no misakin here. That's the basis of Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Okay, we return to the halachas of Mukta. Talk to Mishnah. We had this case quoted once before. So you have a rock that's placed on top of a barrel. So what do you do? Now you want to have the wine. So what do you do? So you tilt it to the side, and the rock will fall off, and then you can have your wine. You're not allowed to remove, you shouldn't remove the rock directly, you just tilt the barrel and, you, and then you have the wine. If you have a barrel between other barrels, you don't want to tilt it to the side and the, and the rock will fall off. What's going to happen? The rock could break, other barrels there. So then Magbia, you can pick up the barrel, umata al tzida, and you, you uh, can tilt it then to the side, v'yinefeles, and it will fall off. So you're allowed to move the entire barrel, even with the rock that's on top of it. Similar if you have money that's left on a pillow, minayr you can shake off the pillow, and the money will fall off. 
This is another halacha regarding a pillow, but nothing to do with muktzeh. Haisa alav lishleshes. What's if you have some dirt or some filth that's on a pillow and you want to get it off? How do you get it off in Shabbos? So there's an issue. You have to. You're not allowed to wash it off with any water. Chas It's malabin. So what do you do? Mekan You just wipe it off with a with a tissue with a shmata. Haisa shel oir. But if this pillow is made from leather. So then, nice all of mine. You could even pour water on it, until the filth will be removed, because leather is not something that absorbs. So therefore, this halacha that when you pour water, it's kibos that you're you're washing it. That's only a material that absorbs, but it doesn't apply to leather, and therefore you're allowed to pour it on it. By the way, this halacha also applies to shoes. If you have dirt in your shoes on Shabbos, you can pour water on it, and it and it cleans it off because the shoe does not absorb it, and there's no issue of washing on Shabbos. Regarding the first case of the Mishnah, when you have a rock on top of the barrel. This halacha was only said when you forgot the rock on top of the barrel. If you place the rock on top of the barrel, then So then what happens? The whole barrel becomes a base for a Dover Aser. You placed it there, maybe to be a cover or for whatever purpose, so then it becomes a base. You're not allowed to, the barrel itself is muktzi, you can't move it. So the whole halacha here in the Mishnah is, is just when you forgot the, uh, the rack on top. This is a very important halacha b'chlal regarding this concept of buses. The concept of buses, that what's on bottom becomes a base, is only if you intentionally placed it there. If you forgot something somewhere unintentionally, and it's a muktzah item, the, the, what's below it, serving as a base, does not become a base, because you just forgot it there. <coughs> what does it say here in the Mishnah? That you're allowed to pick up the entire barrel. Right? You have the rack on top, but it's between other barrels. You don't want to just tilt it and roll off the rack. You can pick up the entire barrel and you don't remove the rack. Now, what, what's more of a tirche? What's, what's more difficult? To pick up the entire barrel or to just take off, the ra- take off the rack? It's a much bigger deal to pick up the entire barrel and then move off the rack. So, the Gemara, the Mishnah here said, nevertheless, you should remove, you should pick up the barrel and then tilt off the rack and not just take off the rack. So the Gemara brings the source for this. Man tane, who's the source of this that the Mishnah over here says? You have something which is Aser. You have something which is Mutter. We tell him that he should move what's Mutter. But what's Aser, he should not touch, he should not move. It's exactly what we're saying here in the Mishnah. We tell the person to move the entire barrel and shake off the rock, and he should not move the rock itself. Whose opinion is this? This is the opinion of Rabbi Shem Gamliel regarding a halacha on Yom Tif. That now we learned in a Mishnah regarding Bayrid on Yom Tif. A person has beans on Yom Tif and he wants to separate the good from the bad. You only can take the good, the food, and if you're eating it right away, then it's allowed. Similar to the halacha on Shabbos. You have to only take what's good, and if you eat it right away, then it's allowed. Basil says, you can do it in the regular way, which means you could even take out the psilas, you could even take out the things that you don't like, <laughs> whether in your lap, whether in a plate, it's allowed. And on this we learned, when is this true? How, when are you allowed to do this? If you have a lot more food than the psilas, so then we say that because the psilas is less, you're allowed to remove the psilas, even though the psilas is muktza. This psilas is muktza, you're allowed to move, remove the psilas on yamtif. But if you have much more psilas than the oichel, so then 
you have to remove the oichel and not the psilas. So Rab Shimigam Lil over here is the one that's explaining according to Beis Hillel that you have two things over here. You have psilas and oichel. The psilas is a dovra mukta and the oichel is a dovra mutter. You're allowed to move the psilas. You're allowed to move if there's more oichel and there's less psilas and it's easier for you to move the psilas, you're allowed to move the psilas. That's what Rab Shimigam Lil is saying. And that's the source for our Mishnah that you're allowed, that, that um, the Mishnah is saying that you have to move the barrel and not move the, the rock. So the Gemara now asks in this, wait a minute, what's going on over here? V'ha, hocha, in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, the case of the barrel and the rock, it's similar to a case where you have more oichel, more than the psilas. And what's the halacha in that case? You move the psilas, you don't move the oichel. In our case, what's easier to move? It's easier to move the barrel or it's easier to move the rock? It's easier to move the rock off, not to move the barrel. The barrel is much heavier. So why are we telling the person to move the entire barrel? We should tell the person to take off the rock. Just like Rabbi Shem says in that case, take off the psilas and leave the oichel. If there's less psilas, you move the, oichel, you move the psilas. Same thing over here, just remove the rock. Instead of picking up the entire barrel, you should just remove the rock. And for the Gemara, no, 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 that's not an option over here. Hocha Nami over here as well, Kivin the Boy Mishko. If this person wants to access the wine, how is he going to access his wine? Loi Mishtakele Yayin Ad Evan. The word Evan actually not good. So again, if he wants to, if he wants to get the the, bar, the the wine out of the barrel, how is he going to get the wine out of the barrel? The only way to get the wine out of the barrel is by picking up the barrel, by, by, by pouring out from the barrel. So therefore, there's no option of not moving the barrel, of not picking up the barrel. So therefore, this is a case where the psalis is more than the oichel, and, and over there, Rabshim Gamliel says, you move the oichel. Over here as well, yes, it's true on one hand, if I ask you what's heavier, the barrel or the, or the rock? The barrel is much heavier. The rock is, is just a little, you can take off the rock, much easier. But on the other hand, he wants the wine. He's anyways going to have to pick up the barrel to pour out the wine. So if he's anyways picking up the barrel to, to, to pour out the wine, so we tell him, don't touch the rock, pick up the barrel and tilt off the rock. Because you anyways in the end going to have to pick up the barrel. That's a one more little piece of the Gemara here. Haisa ben is magbia. In a braisa it says, Tanya rabbi So he spells out the case over here. You have a barrel that's inside a storehouse. You have glass kalim that are near it. So you don't want to just roll off the rack there. You're going to break all the glass. Magbia you're allowed to pick up the entire barrel to another place. and then you tilt off the rack, and the rack falls off. you can take the wine, whatever he needs, and you return the barrel to the place. we learned the case of the money that's on the pillow. So the same thing that we just said before. When are you allowed to tilt off the money from the pillow? That's only if you forgot the money there. If you place the money on the pillow, the pillow itself is muktzah, it's a base for a davara The whole issue over here that it says that you're allowed to move only the, only tilt it off and not move the whole thing is only if it's a gufay, if you want the pillow itself. But if you want to vacate the whole space, you're allowed to move the whole thing away. As we, we quoted this before. You only have to t- tilt off the money if you want the space of the pillow itself. If you want to empty the entire space and remove the pillow, you're allowed to move away the entire pillow to empty the space.